Hi, I'm Aaron Ashmore from Killjoys, and you're listening to TV Times 3. Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 330. On this episode, we've got some renewal news, and then we'll be discussing the second season premieres of Dark Matter and Killjoys, and a recent episode of Lifetime's Unreal Season 2. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 330. I'm Jason the TVholic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Mark Decote from Solo Talk Media. And I'm Troy Heinrichs from the Blacklist Exposed podcast on Golden Spiral Media. Thank you both for uh, hanging out with me here in uh, Chicago since we're all actually here recording live in person. I guess we're not really recording live, but we are recording in person which is only, I think this is like the fourth time I've ever recorded an episode of this, but we're getting really fancy here with the mics and, uh, and everything uh, uh, here recording as we're all in Chicago at the same time for the uh, podcast movement conference. And uh, thank you for both for joining me to record this episode of TV Times 3. Well, thank you for having us, Jace. Yeah, it's weird actually trying to do this with somebody face-to-face. <laughs> you kind of started out in the radio career, and it was like doing this normally, and now it's like I haven't been face-to-face with someone doing a podcast. And it's like, is that what you look like? <laughs> yeah. You know, this is my first time actually podcasting with somebody live, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, well, for us, even when we record on Skype, we don't record with video, so you don't really – you just see whatever wacky photo they have <laughs> for their Skype you know, picture. And so, uh, it'll be interesting to see since you can actually see what the other person is, uh, is doing. You get, might actually get some actual, uh, nonverbal cues as to, <laughs> as, as to what's going on instead of those really long pauses where somebody's like, Did oh, Jason really go. just <laughs> say that was good. <laughs> or, or you just get the, where you're not sure if somebody's done yet. Because you don't know that they've stopped talking, you're then you then you go to jump in at the same time they go to jump in, even though there was a long time. So, so anyways, this should be fun. Uh, and uh, so we'll start out with a, a little bit of news. Uh, in the last uh, in the last week, we had uh, Freeform uh, has renewed Baby Daddy for a sixth season. Uh, just another season to annoy people of not keeping their characters coupled up, just breaking them up for no apparent reason. I still have to remind myself that Freeform is the channel formerly known as. <laughs> That's right, formerly known as ABC Family. Formerly known as the Family Channel. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, like the Fox Family Channel, and then the ABC, the ABC Family Channel, and now still owned by ABC slash Disney, but with their new funky name going after the uh, younger audience. Uh, and then, in the really good news, is that Sci-Fi has renewed 12 Monkeys for a third season, which uh, I'm very happy about. And there seemed to be a little bit of... wasn't quite sure, because I guess the ratings aren't super stellar for it, but it's one of the better shows on right now, especially doing time travel. Yeah, and the, they sure had a huge Twitter and, and social media campaign by the fans to get that push. I don't know if it helped at all in the decision, but uh, there was a lot of people pushing for this renewal, so and I, they're very happy that it came through. I know I am. I'm ecstatic, because I think it's been really interesting seeing how this season has progressed differently from season one, 
and where season one was focused on that kind of maybe love story between Cole and Cassie. And now you have very much of sci-fi time travel, hardcore, really kind of focus. I'm curious to see where season three can actually go. Mm-hmm. Plus there's still that rumored mystery character for the finale <laughs> yeah. that everybody's waiting to see. Yeah. Well, given where you, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind on uh, season two so far, but just seeing where things seem to be going, it does seem to be telling a story where you go, okay, so what would be the reason why they would still, you know, if they, it's one of those things where you can't actually solve it or you don't have to go back and <laughs> you don't have to go back and forth in time. So how, how do they solve it, but yet not totally or in a way that sort of messes things up? Because the one thing that the show does do is consequences for actions taken. They don't just go back and do something and then uh, sort of forget about it like some other shows may <laughs> may do or whatever. So you don't know, Jason, that they did actually solve it in this past episode, <laughs> yeah, eh? Right. So you're behind. Sorry <laughs> they, about that. <laughs> they solved it. In, man, they solved it in episode 11. They didn't even wait for the end of the season. Man, all right, yeah. But by solving it, did they actually yeah. cause it to start? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think that they do it in such a way, though, that it doesn't make your brain hurt super bad to try and think about, like, how things are happening or how how their time travel works. Like, in some shows, you're just like, uh, you, you can go around and around and around and you're still not sure sure what's going on there. And it, it can get a... And kind of an interesting phenomenon. I mean, there was a couple of other shows this last season... Uh, that with time travel and there's a bunch of time travel sh- stuff coming, at least network wise, uh, in the fall and yeah. and the next TV season. So it it seems to be a thing that's out there right now, and so I'm glad to see that they're bringing that one back since they are doing it. I think doing a really good job with it. I would love to see the whiteboard in that writer's room trying to keep track of everything. I, I bet you it'd be worse than the the pegboard they have in the show trying to just link all the different timelines and travels and everything together. So Especially what happened in episode 11 that Jason hasn't seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we shall be mum, at least for now. Oh, man, they're all... They're all just really messing with me here on that. I uh, feel like they all decided that they were going to start writing pilots for pilot season in 2015. It was like, oh, yeah, this is the year that Marty McFly comes to the future. We got to do some time travel stuff this season. Because <laughs> there, there was just a, a crap load of it for the fall. And I don't know which one's going to be interesting and which ones are going to fail. Yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, just based on the trailers, they, you know, some of them look like they have sort of interesting, you know, a premise to them and stuff. And, uh, but I think there's there's like three or four that have some sort of a time element to them. If it's not specifically time travel, there is something that happens that can go back and change things in time or whatever. Or somebody's from comes forward or whatnot. It's uh, it's it's kind of interesting. That happens a lot with with stuff. Is something sort of gets out there, and then it's always interesting to find out where some of these things got in process like how is it that all these people sort of had this idea and then to do something in that vein and then because something was out there and sort of working that when the network executives saw them they're like oh yeah 
yeah. Why don't we? Why don't you actually uh, put an episode? Why don't you actually film a whole episode of that and we'll see what's happening there? Because a lot of times, some of these shows they they seem really similar, but the people never. They're completely separate. They just sort of came to the idea. I mean, we've seen it in movies and stuff like that with the uh, well, various things that have come out at the at the same time that zombies and vampires and, <laughs> and zombies <laughs> and zombies and zombies yeah, and more zam- vampires. Well, I think it, it went from yeah, it went from uh, vampires. Zompires. to yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. it, it went it went from uh, vampires to zombies, and I think now to time travel. And so, if you can get. A time traveling vampire zombie, then then you'll have a hit show. <laughs> no, what we really need is we need somebody to actually have time travel to sh- shoot out into the future and tell us which one of these shows is actually worth watching. Yeah, <laughs> come back and say, yeah. Not only, not necessarily which one ended up getting another season, but which one was actually the one that we should be watching because that's not necessarily always the, uh, the same thing. Yeah, the same thing there. Uh, but. Uh, I think that'll that'll do it for the news, and we'll. Uh... It's been a pretty slow summer, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get past that, you know, all the announcements around uh, upfronts and stuff like that, where they tell you everything that's officially canceled and being brought back, then it's you know there's a there's a few less things. Although these days in the summer, there's still. So many more things to to watch than there used to be. Summer used to be, hey, there's uh, that whole, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. So you might watch something on a different network or something uh, because you've seen or you'd watch your favorite thing over again or you wouldn't watch anything. Uh, And now a lot of the cable channels have been programming a lot of stuff in the summer. And now there's just, while there's less, there's still so much, it seems like. Uh, that uh, but we're going to talk about three of them. Uh, two of them that just premiered. Uh, first up, Killjoys season two, episode one, uh, Dutch and the Real Girl, uh, which I really enjoyed. I liked uh, what they've uh, what they've done here in the in the second season to sort of just pivot a little bit to give you an arc for the next season, but still give you that dynamic of the team that you liked following around in the last season uh to continue following them around on their various missions what did uh what do you think uh mark well, of, I, I uh, thought it was a very strong opening to the season now for those who don't know i actually do a podcast the killjoys podcast at solotalkmedia.com so um i'm really invested in this show so maybe i'm a little bit biased but uh, i thought it was a really good start to the season although i have to admit the opening scene to this pilot episode had me wondering if somehow the network had messed up and played the wrong show because it starts <laughs> off with the the team reunited and it's like they're not supposed to be reunited. It took me it, took, it they did catch me off guard and it took me a, a minute or two to realize okay this is a dream or, or something's not right here. But uh, overall, I, I thought they did it really well. The action sequences in the the uh, pilot were. Well done. The special effects I enjoyed, and the introduction of uh, Clara as uh, hopefully somebody that we do get to see more. Uh, I really, really liked her character and the interaction with her and Johnny, and especially with her and Lucy. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. Yeah, both uh, both Killjoys and Dark Matter had some. Uh, oh, why all of a sudden I just 
completely blanked on the defiance defiance that's right i had a couple of defiance actors uh, you know that show's gone hey why don't we bring them on <laughs> why don't we bring some of them over here to play some parts uh, on these shows but yeah i i really liked the way they they set things up like you said they they open you're like oh and then you're like okay it's all in his head because he's still hooked into the getting this green goop uh pumped into him uh, i did think that that was an interesting thing though was that there's something special about him mm-hmm. either because of you know there's there's still that stuff that he doesn't remember about yeah, you know the, the from mem- the memory blocks yeah, from his from, military from, days from yeah. what you know he could have been part of some other you know some other experiments or something that's making him uh, immune immune to this type of stuff or he's already got some sort of abilities that he yeah. doesn't doesn't quite know about yet uh, so that was that was interesting but also to to put them back together, uh, but then to, like I said, the the little bit of pivot was they put that question mark as to the basically the guy that you thought was the bad guy last year. While he's still not a great guy, he may sort of actually be looking out for her and, and the group just in his own sort of twisted way, uh, but that there's something... Uh, they went that route where you know there is uh, something bigger, but not necessarily bigger. Just that maybe he's not the exactly the person in control of what they thought was the thing that they're sort of fighting against. And so yeah, I exactly. like that it didn't, uh, like I said, it pivoted a little bit to give you a different arc to go after to find out who this might be or you know who's running these type of things, but without going the route of the show where you have to keep hugely topping yourself mm-hmm. each season, which is a thing that you can really run out of steam really fast when you're, when you're doing that. And so I like that they went a little bit smaller, but still different. Yeah. Uh, but and then you still have that cool dynamic of the, of the team. Once they're back together, <laughs> they still play off of each other, which is a lot of the fun for me of the show is, is their interactions when they go into these different places. Yeah. So you don't, you, what you're saying is we don't end up getting, uh, arrows past season where they went so far beyond what, uh, they had done in the first three seasons <laughs> that it was just ridiculous. No, no, I agree. Where this, they start nuking cities. Yeah. So, <laughs> All kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but this, yeah, this episode. And, and as you said, uh, Klein, who they thought was the, the big bad. Now I, I still think what Klein does is very villainous. But we're kind of getting the impression that the reason he's doing all this this stuff is for the good of Dutch. So uh, Dutch doesn't believe it, but Davin seems to be thinking it now. And I, I kind of I'm kind of on board with him that yes, what Klein is doing is wrong, and he is breaking laws or, or creating laws or circumventing laws, whatever you want to say. But I do think that there's a, a deeper meaning to why he's doing this stuff, um, and we're gonna. It's just to find out what the background is and, and the purpose and all that. But this, the big mystery now is, first of all, the, they're taking him to see this lady, whoever this is, and that's obviously somebody new. I, I don't believe we've seen anybody before. And wherever it is, they said it's a long trip that they're taking him on. So finally this season, it looks like we're going to get outside of the quad and probably see someplace else in, uh, I believe they call it the J, 
and see some other part of the system, which we know is out there because uh, the characters Davin, Johnny, and Dutch, none of them come from the quad. They yeah. all came from outside <laughs> the quad. So it looks like we might possibly see something outside what we've seen this uh, the first season. So yeah, that could uh, that that could definitely be interesting as well. Uh, but uh, and but going into not to say what happens in the next episode, but in the second episode, it sort of a little bit continues on in that vein of setting up that direction of trying to find out uh, what's, you know, what else is out there and whether, you know, Klein is, because if you look back at Klein's history and, you know, just his whole, how he trained Dutch from a child is pretty sadistic, you know, exactly. kind of exactly. from the beginning. And so you could see why she would not be, you know, cool with, uh, you know, how she, you know, exactly how she grew up or whatever and what's what's gone on there and definitely have a different perspective but like you said it almost seems like Klein is he's sort of there's something else out there that maybe he doesn't even necessarily know uh, and he's sort of worried about that or whatever but he goes about doing things by trying to create you know these super soldiers uh, that you know basically just become killing machines mm-hmm. uh, and lose, you know, lose all, you know, lose themselves as we saw happen to, uh, fancy Lee. Yeah. And, uh, where you you weren't sure until <laughs> you're, you're pretty sure that he had taken over, but had been taken over by the, the thing and didn't have, you know, a special ability like Davin had. And, but, you know, you got to shoot him there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big risk. Shoot him in the chest. They didn't shoot him in the arm or anything to see if he'd heal. We shot him straight in the chest yeah. and said, okay, let's wait, wait to see what happens. <laughs> what if he had been wrong? But, yeah. Anyways. but uh, yeah, it was uh, very interesting stuff there. And uh, you, you're one up on me because you've actually seen the, the second episode. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But uh, a lot of interesting things. And a lot of, I think, is foreshadowing uh, the, the character Clara when they introduced her and she's heavily modified, uh, she has all sorts of stuff that we, we've we only see, seen a little bit uh, from what I can tell, but she mentioned something about the factory and where she was made and possibility of the team going after the, uh, the factory. So that's something I'd be looking forward to because Dutch did tell her, if you go after it, I'm in, you know, that's a promise I made. So I'm hoping at some point in the yeah, season that, we'd get to see that. That definitely seems like a s- episode seven, eight yeah, <laughs> type yeah. of thing where you visit that. But uh, but I have to tell you, I didn't realize that that was the same character who played uh, Arissa from Defiance the first time I watched it. It wasn't until <laughs> I had seen it on social media or somewhere afterwards. And then when I did my rewatch before recording my own podcast, um, then I, I watching it, it's like, how could I not have seen that? Obviously, she's not in makeup, but the eyes are exactly the same and her voice is, is the same. So I, I was like, I couldn't believe I didn't notice that the first time around. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, while she was heavily modded, she didn't have the complete sort of facial makeup and everything to look like the alien that she played in in Defiance. Yeah. So so yeah, it looks uh, you know, looks pretty different from from that character. Troy, do you watch Killjoys or Dark Matter? I do not. I actually watched Dark Matter when it came out last season for season 1 and was interested in it and then started to watch Killjoys and found the pilot very much all over the map 
initially trying to like figure out like what is inside the rim and what is which organization and who's going with what. So I found it a little bit complex compared to Dark Matter, which almost seemed a little bit too simple. And because both of these were literally on at the same time on sci-fi, it was a little bit too much for me anyway. Um, I, I like a bigger, deeper thinker. I think 12 Monkeys is for sci-fi is really where sci-fi really hits the sweet spot. This seems like your traditional, and I'm going to totally offend all of the sci-fi people in the room here with me <laughs> and probably everybody, sci-fi person listening because um, I'm obviously much more parenthood type or Grey's Anatomy type in the shows that I watch. But I think with these two shows in particular, they just seemed similar yet so different that it was great for sci-fi to put it on for the sci-fi audience and get back to sci-fi's roots. But I think their deeper roots are in something more like The Expanse or 12 Monkeys and things of that nature where it was just got a better story like BSG had. These just seemed a little bit more deeper sci-fi rooted, so it wasn't really more for the broader audience at the same time. I don't know. I, the thing I like about, well, both of the shows ended up having uh, it is a little bit of a sense of humor because I'm always, sure. I like a perfectly good serious sci-fi but not everything has to be super serious sci-fi, like always just, you know, why so serious? And I miss the shows like, you know, Warehouse 13 and Eureka that had, you know, that, that type of element to it, even, you know, even more so. And so I was really glad to see, especially Killjoys, because it, going into it, it looked like it was going to have more of that, you know, people playing off of each other and making jokes and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you weren't quite sure... Because they weren't showing you a, a ton of what uh, dark matter was, because you know the whole point of the first episode is they wake up and they don't know who they are, and so they can't really uh, show too much of that. But that one has you know a little bit of uh, uh, of a sense of humor too. Uh, I had the same problem though with the first few episodes of Killjoys was there was just so much talk of the quad and the company and the this and the that and the and the people that lived on this planet and lived in this area and who was you know the the rich and who were the poor and all all these things those things i still don't know that i necessarily have like a, a total handle on exactly uh but enough so that i i you know i can understand what's going on now cuz they really do drop a whole bunch of stuff in that in the first couple episodes of uh partially because they're trying to introduce you to this new world. Yeah. And that's, that's where some of the trouble comes to is sometimes you look at those type of things and you don't remember after enjoying, you know, some previous show that you also had that similar experience in season one, but by season five, everything, <laughs> everything was there. And you, all you remember is how much you really like that show. And, uh, but yeah, Killjoy's had that for me as well. Um, uh, going going into it that uh but there was enough of that other fun element and action and stuff like that that uh, kept me interested enough before I finally got a little bit more of a handle on where yeah. things were the, the chemistry between the characters was really good in Killjoys now as I said earlier because I do a podcast about it I had done a lot of research on it and, and so I wasn't that confused about the first episode because I knew a lot of the stuff just by reading everything I could about it beforehand. So uh, I wasn't in that same boat, but I could understand how with all the multiple planets, the multiple races, the multiple political systems and all that, I can understand how it can get a little confusing for some. But 
Well, in, in the Dark Matters, it was all, if I remember correctly, because it was a year ago, it was all, they're all criminals or something. And then when you came in and you literally had like these criminal type bounty hunters working for the company, it was like, is it the same show? Yeah. I think that, <laughs> that, that's, that's where I was confused. If they weren't on at the same time, I probably would have watched both of them. But because they were literally on at the same time, it was like, I, if I got to pick one criminal bounty hunter show, I pick one or the other. And then I picked Dark Matters because it was easier to follow. <laughs> but then at the same time, it was also kind of a little boring after that first two or three episodes. And it's like, or really, is this whole show going to be like, what's behind the door? What's behind the door? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, th- th- this from a guy who did uh, three seasons of Under the Dome. <laughs> Although I am. Said, said, I- said by the guy that also did three seasons <laughs> of Under the Dome. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's right. And I felt I felt that that was the issue, and I was like, I do not want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned Warehouse Thirteen and Eureka because I think part of the challenge was was that like my wife watched; she loves Eureka. She wants more Eureka. She died by Eureka. She loves it so much. And the fact that my wife would actually watch sci-fi and see Eureka and see um, Warehouse Thirteen, we watched a couple episodes. It got a little quirky towards maybe season three or four. Um, I haven't actually finished watching it completely, but it had that mass appeal audience that it would go to beyond the traditional sci-fi audience. I think that's why those shows worked. These, I don't think, grasp that wider audience berth because I couldn't get my wife interested in that in Killjoys with that first two episodes because you said it was it was just overly complex, like just ease into it a little bit more. Like we didn't even know who the Cylons were really in the first kind of two episodes until the attack happened. All you knew was that they were these robots that were jumping around, following these humans that were jumping in every 33 seconds or whatever it was. I'm going to totally lose my BSG card for quoting stuff that I can't remember (laughs) off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, it it just doesn't, I don't know. I want to watch them because I'm interested in the story for them. It's going to be probably one of those things I just have to binge watch and just get it all in one sitting versus try to follow week to week. Yeah, I think once you get, I think once you get into it, I think both, I in the beginning, I I like Killjoys from the first second I saw it because mm. it was about the characters for me and and them dealing with the situations, and I was willing to wait to sort of figure out the other stuff. Uh, on the other side, Dark Matter was it was sort of a slow, and it wasn't until they actually started figuring out sort of parts of their personality and who little bits and stuff that they were that it became more interesting and yeah. And how they, how different characters, uh, you know, started to bond with each other, and you know, and who would go, even though they still didn't really ex- totally know, you know, who exactly they were. They just had, you know, they found out they were criminals and and stuff like that. But they didn't, they still didn't know. They were just reading a screen that said that's what the, that's what it was. And so, uh, but the story that they were telling, you know, I think it got more interesting as the as the first season went on and i was uh i enjoyed dark matter way more at the end of the season than i did at the beginning and killjoys i just i liked from the beginning and never see it didn't wane for (laughs) and that's one of the things that turned me off from dark matter because the whole show was built on this you know all these people don't know who they are and i thought it was going to be more about the exploration of who they were and in that pilot, finding getting basically information like in the pilot episode right away, I almost think kind of took away from something that they could have had because when you think about what Lost did really well, of course we have to reference Lost. What they did really well is that you like you you, you learned Jack's character and you learned Kate's character and you learned about Sawyer before you knew their 
past. And when you found out what their past was, then it was kind of like, oh, wow, that's really an interesting dynamic. Where in the case of Dark Matter, it was like, okay, they're all criminals, they're all bad guys. I don't want to see a redemption story. We see redemption stories all the time in sports and things of that nature. So I think that's where I got turned off from Dark Matter was it seemed like it was going to become a redemption story of how do they overcome their criminal backgrounds to be something better, different in the face of all these androids that they have to work with and how the android tries to become human and learn from criminals. I mean, it didn't seem like a, a really gripping story after that pilot to me anyway. Well, when you say it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't super invested from the from the beginning. I just sort of continued watching it because it was on at the same <laughs> It played right after Killjoys. Yeah, so was, that's, that's the same reason why I watched it. And uh, But like I said, it ended up liking it more and more as as the season and as the season went on. Uh, but there's always people are always seem to be talking about you mentioned, you know, early the same show and I think it's ripe for a crossover because Dark Matter is all about these warring corporations and I think the company of the in the quad He's could one. be one of those corporations and uh and they're also a bunch of criminals and so who better than a bunch of bounty hunters needing to track one of them down for some reason? Well, there was speculation about that in season one, saying that uh, Killjoys takes place in the quad, but Dark Matter could be in another section of the J and could be in part of the same universe. And I think I remember reading an article where the showrunners, uh, I don't, I think it was the showrunner from Dark Matter who was asked that question and they, they didn't deny it they just said hey you never know what could happen so <laughs> you can see that makes me immediately interested <laughs> like if they make that happen then i would watch both shows because then it makes sense why they're on at the same time and on back to back they're waiting for that crossover episode to go and your mind explodes yep all right well with that dark matter season two episode one welcome to your new home mark what did you think of of the start of season two uh to be honest after Watching Killjoys and all the action and the fun and uh, intrigue and everything that was that show, then I immediately watched Dark Matter and the pace, it just slowed right down. I found that the, the whole prison thing, I, I know that they're introducing a bunch of stuff and they, they have to bring us into this season, but it, it, I just found it almost a little boring. Like there was just, okay, you know, sit down, grab their meal, look around, scoping out the prison. And yeah, they had some action when uh, uh, two and that other girl fought, and uh, another part a little bit later when um, I think it was four. I can't remember. I always get three and four mixed up, but I think it was four that he fought some people. So they did have a little bit of action there. But I just found uh, again, maybe if I would have watched it on its own, it would have been a lot better. But I watched Killjoys and then immediately Dark Matter, and as I said, I just found that it slowed right down, and and I almost found it a little boring. But I can see the potential to where it's going. Yeah, well, since I did have the benefit of the screeners for both Killjoys and uh, Dark Matter, I didn't watch the first episode of Killjoys and then watch the first episode of Dark Matter. I actually watched them days apart. You know, I watched the first two of Killjoys, and then later on I watched the first two of of Dark Matter. Uh, And I mentioned this to you when we were talking before the podcast, is that I really think... The first, the first two episodes of Killjoys play. I mean, it's a continuing story, but the first episode launches you into the new, the season. new season. Yeah. With Dark Matter, I really think that the first two episodes 
together launch you into the new season. And so the opening is like half an episode. <laughs> you don't get, uh, you don't fully get launched into what's going to be happening uh, in the in the coming season until after the second episode. And so uh, I, I, I would totally agree with you there. There was a lot of stuff where it was just them scoping out the prison, uh, you know, because they're going to try and figure out a way to get out, you know? So yeah. and that's the that's, thing. That's what they, you know, and they're, you're, they're introducing new characters. Uh, you know, there's some you know, people that are running, you know, the people running the prison, but then also, you know, the peop the the bad guys within the prison that are running the prison, you know, yeah. that the, that are running different things within there and and so they they meet those people and so they're introducing you to them uh, while also trying to set up this, you know, some of the other story that's going to send you into the the rest of the season, but it really it really would have worked better if you could watch both if they if it would have been a 2-hour premiere and uh, but yeah. then that's that's hard to do when you wanted to launch you want to launch, launch both shows on the yeah. same night. Uh. But uh, th- I just found that one of the things, again, not having watched episode two, is you you get into that TV trope of here's this group that are just put into this prison. The guards, the the warden, and the prisoners that are there have said nobody has ever escaped from this prison. <laughs> so what do the three people that have been in there for six hours? Let's figure out a way to get out. It's like, come on. I mean, is that is that really? Because they're the crew of the Raza. Yeah, I mean, of like, course we, they're going to try and escape. I mean, it's yeah. It's like you know, it doesn't matter that nobody's ever gotten out of here. You you've been here for six hours. Maybe after twelve hours, you'll you'll be like a master of this place, yeah. and you'll know every nook and cranny, and you'll be able to work your way out. And I don't know. I think the, the most intriguing thing about this episode, again, not having seen episode two, is what happens right at the end with two. And uh, that the, just what happens? He's in the hotel room, and yeah, that that I didn't see that coming. No, not at uh, all. As, and uh, although you know, it's one of those things that it still it it changes things pretty pretty well. There, you know, to, uh, you know, going forward with the with what you have there, uh, but it it's interesting how. It sort of uh, changes some of the stuff that they've done. Changes things up with you know these new characters that they're introducing, and then maybe some of the other characters maybe don't make it you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, how they're they're sort of switching some things up that uh, I don't know. I did I didn't expect to see that, especially. Uh, I mean, maybe not like right then. Maybe a little bit longer, like maybe after he finds out a little bit more or something. But yeah, but uh, he was just you know starting to you know ask some questions about about things after uh, you know about his his wife's murder and all these other things that obviously uh, somebody didn't want him. Uh, yeah. So because unless they pull some sort of switcheroo on us or or go back afterwards and say like you know this is what you know we thought we saw but something else actually happened, uh, this is the character that I, I don't know about you but this was my point of view character. Uh, he was the first one that woke up on the ship. That's why they call him one. And he was always uh, in my mind. He was the the audience. He was the character that we were viewing the show through. 
and he was all, you know, it's as if we were on the ship with him and the other people. So to have him taken out like this was a real shock to me um, in, in that way, and, and especially with who took him out. Um, yeah, because also the the sort of the, a lot of times the voice of reason or, you know, like, because exactly. was the one person for whatever reason, you know, that ultimately ended up not being... A criminal, and so even though he didn't know, it was still like that—that that personality, and that sort of came to the fore as the everybody else sort of was perf- seemed perfectly fine with going about, continuing to be a criminal and doing things. And you'd be like, ah, you know. And so, uh, although they have, you know, some of the other characters have changed a little bit, where uh, they're not totally willing to go completely, uh, you know, out for themselves. Uh, in in some of these uh, in some of these situations, so so yeah, but it was definitely I'll give him that for the episode. Is I didn't I didn't see that that coming. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and I say I say this all the time with the amount of TV that I watch. anytime that a show comes along mm-hmm. and does something that I didn't, you know, that 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 sometimes it's not even that you there's shows that uh, it'll do something you didn't like forecast it. But when it comes, you're just like, yeah, that yeah. seems about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And here it definitely wasn't like that. You're like, oh, wow, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> what I'm really curious about is if this turns out to be like actually what happened and we're not being duped, uh, the viewer, us, is, or we're not being duped, then how will this change the dynamic of the Raza crew? Because he was the voice of reason. He was the one that held them back when uh, look. Almost every other character at one point wanted to do something, and one was the one that kind of said, no, let's look at it a better uh, better way, or let's do something different. If he wasn't around, uh, the season one would have been very, very different. So if he is actually out, then what's holding the rest of the Raza crew back? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, and especially with some, uh, with some things that go down in the, in the next episode, but... I'll, that, I'll leave it at that and move on to the last show on the list, uh, which is Unreal, uh, Season 2, Episode 5, uh, Infiltration. And, uh, and Troy, what did you, what do you think of the, the second season of, of Unreal and, and this, this last episode in particular? We always find it funny when we talk about shows like this because here you got two guys that are watching a Lifetime episode it's like you almost like we're bringing the estrogen this week or something but there's something about this show that i have seriously just finished all five episodes of season two today so i've seen it as like one gigantic movie and i have to say season two so far has literally brought it as much as season one some of the lines that constance has been using this year are just phenomenal and what she brings to the table it's just completely mind-boggling that this stuff actually yeah. comes out of women's mouths yeah. on a women's network. That Well, that was an interesting thing at at, uh, at the ATX Festival that I was at a few weeks ago. Uh, they had a panel that had a couple of the actors, uh, the the one that plays uh, Jay and uh, the one that plays Madison, but then they also had the, you know, the show creator and another executive producer. Uh, and they sort of talked, one of the things they said is that they can pretty much write anything and constant Zimmer can deliver it. And it doesn't sound as bad, 
even though it's terrible, it doesn't sound as bad as if you would have given that line to somebody else. Like she just has, I don't, I don't know what it is about her, but <laughs> her, trashy appearance, yeah, her, her her delivery or something, <laughs> something about her, just the way that she could she could do it that you'll you'll sort of laugh, but at somebody else, if somebody else said that, you'd be you'd think, oh man, <laughs> I can't can't believe. So you you sort of do that. I can't believe she said it, but then it totally seems like something that she would say. <laughs> yeah, you can't picture Amanda from Twelve Monkeys using a line like, "Now watching vaginas and having me shoot ping balls, ping pong balls out of my vagina," and, and have her say that and actually come off. It just doesn't happen. Like, like Const is the only one that can actually make that that line fly. It's just amazing. Yeah, so so many so many lines, so many things that. Uh, and then this year, bringing in the racial aspect of of things uh, with the you know doing a black suitor, you know, aka black bachelor, uh, and and Rachel, you know, feeling that she's you know doing this great thing, even though they, even though as you can see in this episode, they absolutely ruin somebody's life, basically, in 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 the way that they set things up. Uh, even though Rachel didn't do it specifically, she was, you know, uh, but she went along with it because she knew that it would make "quote unquote" great TV. Uh, even though it was absolutely devastating for, uh, you know, one of one of the uh, contestants on the show, and, and it's it, it, it's smart, right? It, it, it's interesting because you have this concept of the that Rachel is now, you know, producing the show in season two, or at least starts out producing the show in season two before it completely falls off the train wreck. When Chet comes back from his man journey in the jungle or whatever it was. <laughs> Ever blasting. <laughs> uh, Chet, he actually looks like he lost some weight too. What, so I don't know if that was that. I think if I remember correctly, that was something that he, he told them he was, he was, needed to get in shape and was going to be, you know, was going to be losing, losing some weight or whatever. And so they wrote that in because over the course of the last year, he dropped a good 30 or 40 pounds. Easily. <laughs> Easily. He looks so good now compared to la- like last year. You're like, why is she in love with this fat slob? Yeah. <laughs> Not to be offensive, but I mean, it was like, he was the stereotypical, like white guy yeah. doing cocaine, just banging let the it, women. Yeah, you know? Let himself go. It just let himself go because he was, you know, at the top. Of, of his, you know, of the, of his game or something at at one point or whatever, and yeah, but for Rachel to come in and say, yeah, look at me, I got the first black bachelor ever, the first suitor, and and like triumphing it and walking it around, and then totally producing uh, the girl from what was, Alabama, right? <laughs> she comes out wearing the Confederate flag bikini. <laughs> yeah, they do that at the beginning, and then they they take the, you know, the high minded, high ideal, you know. Uh, I still don't understand why to go on a like a ten week show you have to drop out of college. I don't I don't understand that yeah, that thing. Like go on leave. Like, take I, don't, a semester I, yeah, off. I don't I don't understand <laughs> how you you couldn't yeah you couldn't have just uh, taken a quarter off or something like that and and uh, and gone back. But yeah, it was, that was sort of weird uh, to push her agenda to push her platform. But yeah, but talks her into uh, you'll get this this stage of millions of people to. Talk about the things that you're, you know, that you want to put forth, and and does a little bit, uh, and then you know, sort of hooks up with Jay to try and actually win or whatever, but then also kind of ends up getting all sucked into this whole 
romance of it and everything and kind of starts falling for the guy. Uh, but then they they do one of those things where, uh, you know, the new guy who's come in tells tells Quinn, you know, things are failing. You need to do – you can't be doing the same thing over and over again. And so, so she – as she says in the episode, she breaks her own rule. She said, the, these, these rules aren't set in stone. They're just what we created. And so I can change it up if I want. So she puts cameras that they don't know are in, you know, in the bedroom uh, and then brings her father uh, to, to the set and has him walk in on them, you know, in flagrante, there, <laughs> which is just... So bizarre, and that they, you know, that's how they're producing the show. Like they're just in the show, it ended up being that he had found out about this and and just showed up on set and forced his way through or whatever. And then they just decided to let him go. Not that she made a call and got him put on a plane and had him come out. And then at the and then when he's asking, where's my daughter? She's like, um... She's there. Right there and on there, TV. And there. <laughs> you know, and... Yeah, the, the the terrible things that they do in the show. But then... Uh, like you said, though, it's so smartly written. Uh, and the characters are so good. Uh, except for... Uh, except for Jeremy. I think we all sort of agree that... Uh, if what happens at the end of this episode it means we're going to see less of his character would be fantastic. <laughs> but, <laughs> or do you say that this is the episode where Jeremy finally wakes up and has his own man excursion into the wilderness <laughs> and finally decides to grow a pair finally, or as Constance likes to put it, has his pair finally drop so yeah. that he can actually be the man that he's supposed to be. And we actually get some interesting stuff out of him in the next five episodes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because uh, it hasn't this, this season, so far hasn't been much uh of interesting uh with with this the the other thing was the uh you know the hot Rachel uh, oh my gosh that's the best <laughs> best character name ever it's so good because they look similar except she's like much younger <laughs> and uh that character that seemed like that was going someplace with you know her and Jeremy uh, that she was doing something, but then they ended up using that against her, ag- against her, to sort of get you know Rachel to uh, because as they said, like I love Quinn with the I don't even know if we know where that number goes that people are calling to vote, <laughs> but these are the people we just decided to makes better TV. If we all those American Idol votes yeah. and all those so you think you can dance votes. <laughs> They don't go anywhere, people. <laughs> they go to the black hole because they've already, uh, been, they've already picked the winner. They've already picked who they want to go. But yeah, that was... And so Rachel decides to use that uh, you know, that information to try and change things up and go against what Quinn's trying to do. And so that's the thing that's interesting somewhat in this season of the show so far is, is different people keep getting put in charge, but even the people that sort of get taken away are still sort of in charge and can still do stuff like they're not excommunicated from set they're still there and they still tell other people what to do and so they have all these competing things trying to do you know all these 
all these different storylines and and they're they end up hitting head to head. Uh, the other thing in this episode that I found interesting was the conversation with Quinn and Rachel at the end, towards the end of the episode, which made it seem like Quinn actually does sort of care when not long ago, just in this episode, she seemed to just like was going to completely do stuff to, you know, that would be detrimental for, for Rachel. And then in the previous episode was, you know, just completely you know talk about backstabbing and all that type of stuff and then here was trying to actually seem you know helpful based on her experience with chet and and so you but you're so you're left with is that was she (laughs) like or was or was this just another way that she was trying to manipulate you know rachel to to come sort of her way or whatever uh, everybody's trying to manipulate everybody on the show. And that's like, that's the best part about the show is trying to figure out like if there's a you know we mentioned lost earlier with Jack's like the main character or you know with um you know Adama's the main character in Battlestar Galactica you don't really know who the main character is in Unreal. It, it, is it you know Rachel? Is she really the main focus or is it Constance's character? So that there's so many focal points that you just don't know which story you're trying to root for because at the onset of the season the whole concept of rachel and her mom and it sounded like it looked like she was on her way to a nervous breakdown at some point and then it never happened and you're like is that still coming is that not coming because i'm interested in rachel's yeah. well-being now well, especially th- with the jeremy incident that happened at the end yeah of this i think episode. with i think with what happens at the end of this episode uh definitely leans into that being uh could be coming soon in the uh you know in the you know on the next episode type of thing, uh, the preview of the next episode, you know, she wants to go to the cops, but Chet, while he saved her or, you know, helped her and he doesn't want her to do that because Jeremy knows a lot about the show and the things they do. And as he says, where the bodies are buried. And so it looks like she's going to continue on trying to, Produced, but now dealing with this incident on top of that without having actually dealt with that incident in the way that she probably should, which would be to call the cops and have him arrested for assaulting her. With hot uh, Rachel still in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so so there's been a few things here and there with the where storylines you're like in previous episodes where you're like, where is that going? And then they completely use it somewhere completely differently where it's sort of uh doesn't quite go or but in this episode i guess since he keeps her around at the end uh, i guess we'll potentially get to see maybe what ever whatever she was trying to do i mean she was like stealing keys and and trying to get with the behind the scenes crew to be able to do something and so there i wanted to know and so it looked like for a little bit like we weren't going to get to see like what weird plan or what she was trying to do here was. And so now maybe we actually will, since he ended, he did end up keeping her and then having, uh, uh, the other one that the dad walks in with <laughs> where he's like, yeah, I could be more like I could do more. I could be more outspoken, uh, you know, for, you know, 
you know, like my race or whatever you want to call it uh, type of thing. But he's like, I'm, that's too much pressure. Like, <laughs> I'm a big time football player. I deal with pressure all the time. But, but you wanted me to do that. I, I just don't know that I can uh, live up with that. So I'm just going to, even though I think we actually do have a bit of a connection, I'm going to, I'm going to send you home. And then that just completely ruins, uh, as, uh, I think it was, Jay said earlier on in the episode the the uh, the notebook for black people or whatever that storyline the that, that they the had going line. on. I like fell out of a chair. I was like the notebook for black people. It's like oh my gosh, did he just go there? And then and then he's and then he's upset because you know she had helped engineer that to happen. You know, overtaking what Quinn wanted to happen in that episode, and you know, basically getting rid of the two that quote unquote America voted for. Uh, and, uh, so that was, that was good for Jay and, you know, cause each producer sort of takes a handful of the girls sort of under their wing as, uh, and tries to help them get them to the end or at least get them to the story that they've already created. Well, at least in there's the background. A, if you want to say that there's a moral to this season, a moral to the story, <laughs> you could definitely say it's do not backstab somebody else in order for your own gain. Cause it will not work out because it didn't work <laughs> out for Rachel and it did not definitely did not work out for the contestant because she was the one that ended up getting booted at the end because she read it out on hot Rachel. Yeah. And then even, but then you see stuff in this, like where Jay has, He's always calling Rachel on things and doing stuff. And, you know, earlier in the season, he tells, uh, it's Ruby, isn't it? That, uh, he, he yep. she can't trust what Rachel says. And that if he listens, she listens to her, uh, or listens to him, that, uh, she'll be, he'll be able to get her to the end. And things were going, uh, okay. Except that when he finds out, that Quinn has put the secret cameras in that they don't know are in there. He it's a conflict goes, of conscience a little bit. <laughs> and ends up going along with it. He doesn't turn them off. He does. He sits there and keeps recording and seeing what's going on, not knowing what uh, was going what was going to happen. Uh, but like, he's still oh, sort of coming. <laughs> but he's still sort of uh, got sucked into doing what Rachel does. Yeah, that type of stuff. And so everybody sort of has kind of has their moral high ground but then is also willing to completely sell it out if it sort of looks like it's going to help them out or somebody that they're trying to help out and yeah it it keeps spinning through story and keeps keeps you hooked and wanting to come back and find out more and watch these well they, watch they, these characters they introduce these new uh new new characters to the show so we got introduced in this episode to the new what was that network owner, network president that's basically been an everlasting fan for all 14 seasons yeah. and can't miss out. <laughs> so he's totally on Quinn's side. And then you have this conversation with Quinn and Rachel about how, oh, the new showrunners, your chat. But here she's literally going to, using Constance's words, suck on his tit <laughs> <laughs> in order to go with the director and, or the owner of the network. So it'll be interesting to see what that relationship turns out to be between this network owner and Quinn. And how Chet gets kind of caught in the middle of all that, especially with his, you know, rap sheet of being a child kidnapper. <laughs> and you knew that was happening. Like, as soon as, soon as he said, I gave the nanny <laughs> the, the week off and, you know, my ex is out of town, uh, you knew that, wait, that, based on what was happening, that's not going to be good. And, and so the cops show up at the end of the previous episode. 
uh yeah that was that that was that was pretty good too that uh and then he then he's back out and but he's trying to own up to that that was wrong and and uh and so even his character is is still trying to change or be better but still will do things you know like he was you know, yeah, pot, stealing Potter like, Puff football and, yeah, or stealing, and the obstacle course, or stealing the suitor away at the beginning, so they didn't have him for the the opening scene that they wanted to film, uh, and, and different things. But yet, uh, you know, he comes tries to-, to help Jeremy out in his own way, and then Jeremy goes off the deep end, and he just like not having any more of that. But then, like I said, in the next episode, it looks like he's like. Yeah, but hold your <laughs> hold your jets. We can't we can't make this public. We got to keep this in house. Uh, so you know, everybody everybody's got different uh, places that they'll go, and they'll 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 rise to an occasion at some point, but then they'll immediately be sort of terrible in the moment right after that. Yeah, I mean, Chet's the most interesting character because he can completely demean a woman by doing this powder puff football in this lingerie. <laughs> And in the cold, nonetheless. And then he comes back and says, that's not what I meant on how we treat women when he stands up for Rachel at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Chet, how can you be such a great guy in this moment right now, but yet be such a damn sleaze <laughs> otherwise? What is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's unreal. The, yeah, that is, that's the unreal uh, modus operandi. That's how everybody seems to work. Is, uh, But that's the interesting thing is they've got a lot of really great characters and it's taken a little bit uh this season i don't think the con- the ladies playing the contestants were uh they're not as deep as last yeah, season I, I don't think they were as good as quick they they went in that really into who was going to be making it to the end and focused on them and so you really got a lot with them and so here when you start out with a whole new crew uh, and where they're going into filming, uh, you know, the season and stuff, it was, um, they were really giving you just little bits of all the, you know, as they were introducing you to lots of different people. Uh, and then, and so in the last, in the last couple episodes, they focused in a little bit more on, on some of them, but then one that they you kick think about that episode, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're already down to thirty. They're, they're already down to like, Five, you know, left out of the twenty-four they started with, or whatever, which seems like they're really moving through the season <laughs> much faster than. Uh, uh, you're like, where are they? Where are they going to go? There's, there's still seven, eight more episodes <laughs> of the season, and they're already, they've already gone to where there's only five uh, contestants left on the on the show. So, I do like how they're expanding it though this season too. With the uh, in this episode, they went to the Impact Awards. So you're seeing a little bit more of that television, behind-the-scenes producing industry because here you literally have almost four show producers, show runners vying for this one show that's the bread and butter of the network. And, oh, my God, I can't believe that Everlasting (laughs) is the thing that's keeping this network alive. But they're all trying to vie for something bigger. And as far as these characters grow over the coming seasons, hopefully there's – plenty more of this down the line because it's just fantastic to watch uh but 
maybe they'll grow into something bigger where they can be on maybe in competing shows even, yeah. <laughs> which I think would be kind of like everlasting and everlasting this yeah. season. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of interesting to think of, uh, although, you know, only a decade ago, the bachelor was like the top rated thing on ABC by, by and was one of the top rated shows on, especially in those first few seasons. And, uh, so you know they uh, still going the, strong. Yeah, the the one thing that it makes the one thing that has been interesting that I've heard from people is that watching Unreal has given them a renewed interest in watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but they watch it much differently now. Like they watch it wondering what they're really doing, <laughs> what they're doing behind the scenes to create what we're seeing on the TV instead of falling back back in the day falling into the the sort of quote-unquote romance of the the situation that they were trying to to show on on those shows and uh that there's been a renewed interest in some into watching the bachelor again but watching it more critically yeah, a, <laughs> with, with a different eye uh than they you know they used to watch it and maybe had fallen off and then have started watching it again but yeah that's uh it's a great season so far. Yeah, if you if you haven't been watching, you, you gotta, it's definitely one to to jump on it and watch. And for the well, li- for the liners, if no yeah. other reason, because you have stuff you could quote all day long. Yeah, well, I've heard some people say that you could jump into season two without seeing season without one. season season one. I say you could, but so, why? Yes, <laughs> season one is so good, and that it makes some of the stuff and the situations. While ultimately you could probably figure them out, and you know the dynamic of things. Actually, seeing the stuff that goes down in the first season, I think why would you not want to? You know, it's not like a show where you're like, oh wow, it really got good in season two. You can just watch this, you know. Unfold. Like three episodes of the first season and then jump right into season two or something like that. You, you watch, go ahead and watch the whole thing. Especially where season one ended. I'm still waiting for the suitor, Adam, and the final contestant that was, you know, <laughs> left where she was left. And, and I'm curious to see if they're going to come back and play a role at all in season two at all. Well, they did have him text her. Right. In the, the first or second episode or something like that at the beginning of the season. So, that's still. I'm thinking about you. That's, yeah, it's still there, still sort of out there, uh, you know. But uh, you know, th- meanwhile, the the contestant is you know tracking down conspiracies over on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it that, conspiracy after conspiracy after conspiracy. While uh, I while I time travel to go back and do my training yeah, at Quantico. Yeah, yeah, over over on Quantico, but. But yeah, that'll. Uh, I think that'll do it for the uh, primetime segment, and we'll move on to our uh, TV recommendations. Uh, first up, I was looking ahead at at stuff that was uh, coming out on on uh, DVD, since there's going to be uh, less episodes since Comic Con and stuff like that of TV Times Three this month. I was looking at what was coming out, and the Hundred Season Three comes out on Blu-ray and DVD on uh, Tuesday, July nineteenth. Uh, but uh, recommending it this week, not necessarily season three, but the show in general. Uh, we talked about it a ad little no- bit previously. Ad, ad nauseum on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, we've we've talked about the show. We've talked about the show on the podcast before, but also uh, we talked about it previously in this episode with like twelve monkeys and stuff, uh, various things that 
it's a show that has consequences to the actions and they don't shy away from that. And if something, you know, somebody has to do something big, that other character's reactions and how that plays out, it doesn't just disappear after a couple episodes. That becomes a big part, you know, of, of who they are going forward. Including uh, the creator of the show in this particular season, <laughs> yeah, a, uh, yeah, there was, yeah, there were some definitely some things that went down in the season that didn't sit right with uh, some people, uh, and uh, that's one of those things I could see, I could see where they're coming from, but then just from a TV watcher and the way the season went, it worked. I thought it, it worked. It worked so well in the like people went off the off the deep end on this thing which is terrible but it was also in the episode that finally made the uh the ai storyline interesting like it finally tied everything in and you i that you know that a main that a character died was it didn't even phase me because all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. So that's this and the thing and the, oh, okay. So that's because I was just sitting there going, I really hope this AI storyline gets interesting sometime soon. Especially uh, since it was the cliffhanger for the second season. Yeah. So, you know. I love that it drove the character story too and because there was a, uh, a particular character that's related to this character in a way that it, it drove her entire second half of the season and it made her turn into what she's become. And I find that very interesting because that had absolute ramifications when it came to how the end game played out at the end of the third season. So yeah, I think yeah. the, I think the death worked fine. Yeah. I think in the, yeah, I think in the story it worked. It, it just was uh, unexpected. <laughs> it was one of those that they probably could have, done something to tweak it to not just hit that trope on the head like oh. so like so straight <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> like so <laughs> straight so straight on uh that uh they that that could have been that that could have been better but uh, uh that's that's my recommendation i i think well I, there were some problems with uh with season three overall uh ultimately it had some some really interesting things that happened down the end some stuff that Clark had to do and, you know, involving her mother and other types of things that uh, were just, you know, decisions that she had to make and she made the tough call. And those are, that's what I really like about there's interesting characters and they're presented with, you know, three bad options and they have to choose the least bad. And then whatever that is, that becomes the thing that, Fuels, Continu- the, rest of fuels it. the the continuing story. It doesn't just uh, doesn't disappear, like I said. And so, yeah, I really, uh, really, really like the show. And so, definitely, that's the hundred. That's that's my recommendation. How about you, Mark? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys did a great job describing that. I actually have the hundred uh, in Canada. It's already available on Netflix, but I haven't seen season three yet. So, you guys just did a great job describing it without actually giving anything away because I have no idea what you guys just said. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation this week is actually coming out the same day as uh, The 100 on DVD, and that's Orphan Black. Uh, season 4 that uh, finished not too long ago will be available July 19th on DVD and Blu-ray. And uh, especially now that they have announced that Season 5 will be the final season to wrap up the storyline 
if you have watched Orphan Black in the past or if you are a fan, season four is definitely something you have to get and watch just to prepare yourself for next year when they wrap up all this storyline uh, with a nice little bow. Because as a lot of people forget, the showrunners said way back in season two that they wanted five seasons to complete their story and they are getting it. So if, uh, if you had started or given up on Orphan Black, now's your perfect chance. As I said, July 19th, season four comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. And a, a little bit different on this one, if you were one of the people that dropped off in season three, just go ahead and skip season three and just pick up with season four because it... Uh, it, watch watch the finale of season yeah, three, so at least you know what they're talking yeah. about. But and because you can go into you can go into season four and some of the some of the stuff that happens. I mean, they literally blow it off the map. <laughs> yeah, put an end to it pretty much. So you don't really. Uh, there was you know if you like the acting and watching Tatiana play all the different characters, sure, go back and, and watch it. But some of the stuff with the you know the male clones and stuff like that didn't uh, quite work out. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of people that that just found it to be kind of a slog and just sort of gave up. And so if you're one of those, I thought I thought season four had a really good season and picked back up and had more in common with, you know, season two and previous seasons with the, the way they brought back uh, sort of the mystery of who was behind some of this stuff and, and made it a little bit smaller than, even though it's bigger, it it felt smaller what they were going against this one company. Yeah. Uh, I and, agree, and it sets up very well what you know going after the whatever the top thing is going to have been in season five. The head of the swan, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so to say. <laughs> yeah, it was a really interesting season. I love that the fact that they went back to kind of like the season one roots of it, but had more of a kind of grippier season two tempo to it. And it was a really good mix, and I was a little nervous at first when they kind of did the flashback start of the whole thing. When it first launched, but the way they brought the story all together, it was really great, great kind of penultimate season going into the finale and where it goes from here. Empire Strike Back <laughs> at this point, you know, it ended at a, it ended on a downer kind of. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of rebound from there. So uh, how about you, Troy? What is uh, what's your recommendation? Well, obviously we're in July, and that means Mr. Robot is coming back to. Good old USA. Uh, they are definitely reinventing themselves with a bunch of the shows that they're bringing back and uh, having on in this summer. But this one comes back Wednesday, July 13th uh, for season two. And if you haven't seen season one, you can get that, obviously, on Amazon Prime. They have the exclusive deal over there for the streaming rights to season one. And the, the, the biggest thing that was really exciting about this show was not even so much what the show is about and how it played out, but the fact that when you saw what the, what the episode names were, because it's about yeah. hacking and computers and, and things of that nature, that all the episode titles for the first season were uh, video file formats, like FLV, QT, WMV, things of that nature. It's already very interesting to see that the first two episode titles have been leaked, and the episode titles are ending in file extensions that would be related with encryption. So that'll be interesting to see, considering what they've done in season one and kind of did their big blowout reveal that they had basically hit the fan and how that's going to play into kind of putting it back in the box in season two, I think is a really interesting story. Plus Sam uh, Ismail is doing the uh, writing and directing of all of the episodes. And I just got word recently, and I think Jason, you can confirm this, but they got uh, upgraded from a 10 episode season to a 12 episode season just last week. 
Yeah, I, I can't remember, but he is doing all the stuff, and they're almost filming it like just, you know, like when they film one of those giant blockbusters where they film all, yeah, all like, three like Lord, parts. Lord of the Rings style, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like they just film it back to back or at the same time type of stuff, and so they're just filming it like all, uh, all together as one long thing. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that, that season plays out. Also, if you are listening to this before uh, September, or September before uh, July 9th uh, on Saturday, they're also USA has a, a season one marathon playing on the on the day they're playing all ten episodes, so you can uh, you know set your DVR and and catch them all if you wanted to. No, Robot was one you watched last summer. The time between last season and this season, do you think it's too long or just right? Um, that's the that's the thing with the short seasons. Every yeah, you can tell a nice tight story. Nice tight thing, but it also leaves you with you play ten you play ten episodes, and then it's forty weeks until <laughs> it shows again. I mean, it's not as bad as dropping your whole season on one day and watching it over a weekend on Netflix, and it's literally a year until you get to see the next season of the show. Uh, but yeah, I think some of it is there is a lot of time uh, between where. I've forgotten some of you know some of the stuff. I almost need to watch some of the some of it, or uh, uh, or you can listen to uh, the Mister Roboto podcast uh, uh, that uh, my friend Mike Moody is doing. Great podcast, uh, and uh, he he's finished uh, doing all an episode for each of the ten episodes of the first season. So that's also a good way. And what I plan actually plan on doing is going back and catching up on. Uh, listening to the episodes be talked about to catch up on before the, the season. I've been listening to some of those. Uh, yeah. but you, I was, but I was a guest on a- episode two of that podcast. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. And, uh, but I, that's a good way to catch up as well. If you already watched. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know that. I think sometimes with some of these shows that have the shorter seasons, there is such a long period of time. And sometimes they don't always come back the exact same time they might even get pushed a little further sometimes or something like that and you're like uh so i don't know especially but maybe with a show like this that had kind of a small audience in the first season but a huge critical praise uh things like people doing podcasts about it and it being out there for people to find and hear about word of mouth and uh, you know, opportunities to watch it. It'll be interesting to see what what type of audience there is for a second season. Yeah, because Sam was actually uh, given an interview probably about a week or two ago, and he was even saying like he wants more time between the seasons to tell tighter, better stories. And it's like it's funny when you hear him say that, and then you go, "Well, dude, you're writing it, you're directing it. Yeah. <laughs> you can let some of that go, and maybe you need some time off." But yourself. then he's also sort of filming it like a movie, and when you think about that type of thing is they they film it over a period of you know they film it over a period of time and then they edit it and put it together over a period of time after that that it's a really long time and so you do you almost need now, that space you do now ten hours but you're thinking about it in sort of movie terms or whatever TV shows usually there is some pre production of getting things up and rolling but once they start rolling a lot of them film on seven eight day things Cycles. and and if if you're doing if you're doing 10 episodes, once you start filming, about 10 weeks later, you're done. <laughs> and 
uh, it's different cable wise because when they can film at different times and stuff like that, as opposed to a lot of the network shows that are only a handful of episodes behind. And so they're little, they ha- they have to keep going and not just finishing those episodes, but have, you know, that episode ready to go <laughs> to air uh, here. They do have, they do have more time. I think uh, they still sort of film it on a similar scale, uh, but they have more time to edit those things and, Get them, get those episodes ready to go before uh, they air. Because, and that's also been an interesting thing, uh, uh, screener-wise. Is occasionally with some of these things, they have the whole season. They can just send you. They can send out a whole season to a, to a TV critic or something like that, and they can have the whole thing ahead of time to write their reviews and things ahead of time and uh, and stuff like that. So I don't know. Just got done watching season two. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother. Yeah. It's a uh, it's pros and cons. I, I for me though with the new show, I think I I still find it bizarre that they that even networks to this day that by the time a show starts they have a few episodes in the can, but they still only give one up. Ep- they still only give that pilot episode to critics, and that's all you have to go on. And there's some shows that. If you saw the second or third episode, you go, oh, wait, there's actually something there. Granted, there's the other shows, too, that if you saw the second episode, you would definitely know there's nothing there. Uh, but I don't Or if think it tells you- a cohesive story like Dark Matter for season yeah. two, <laughs> just air both episodes in the same night. Exactly. That's right. So I don't know. I really don't know about the short seasons. Uh, there's so much TV on anymore that sometimes when something pops back up, you're like, oh, that... You know, that's coming back. All right. Uh, I like that in the first season. Uh, I'll, I'll watch that uh, that again. But you, like, completely forgot about it almost uh, for for a year because there were so many other things that uh, people ask me all the, you know, you say something about, you know, you have a TV podcast or, or a TV blog or something, and inevitably somebody says, what's your favorite show? And you say, well, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right this. now it's unreal <laughs> because because something might actually be like even a better show than the thing that you're watching right now but you've it's not on for another six months and you've sort of forgotten about it until it comes back around again and then you're like oh yeah this is uh you know you know, you know like right now you you like a couple weeks ago might have said game of thrones <laughs> and then now you know might say killjoys are unreal so uh yeah, so, you, yeah, yeah. You said the hundreds coming out, and I was like, "What was season three again?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that even wasn't that long ago that it aired. It was all in this year you know, that it aired. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for uh, our recommendations and for uh, this episode. Uh, as always, you can uh, find links to our recommendations as well as uh, the news stories we talked about, uh, and uh, where you can uh, find and listen to Mark and Troy online. Uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 330. Uh, next week, Amory will be back with me, uh, and we'll be joined by Kurt Wagner from uh, Show Patrol TV to uh, preview uh, all the stuff that's uh, coming to Comic-Con uh, 2016 uh, TV-wise. And uh, with that, uh, thanks again, uh, Mark and Troy, for joining me on uh, episode 330 in person. Well, thank you for having us, Jason. And Troy for being here too. Absolutely, this is fun. <laughs> See the expressions <laughs> on people's faces. <laughs> right, actually, yeah. 
actually so, getting into a little discussion uh, <laughs> about stuffing and seeing people's reactions to what they're saying. It's been an interesting experience. Now, here's something I've never got to say on a podcast before. You guys want to go grab a bite to eat? That's right. Well, that used to be the way we ended the show. I got to go get. I got. I got to get something to eat. So I got to eat. And that we do. <laughs> All right. Until next episode. Uh, thanks for listening.